You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Mindy Carney, and I am joined today once again with my colleague and co-host, Jonathan Wiley. Hello, Mindy. Hello, Jonathan. Hello. Yeah, we're back here for, I think this is going to be the last episode of 2016. Yeah, right. It is. So this is episode 19? Episode 19. That is correct. So we started in January and we have now completed, or we will have completed 19 episodes, which is pretty good going, I think, for our first year. It's kept us busy for sure. Yeah, I think I'm pretty proud of some of the things we've done. Yeah, we're still speaking. That's also an accomplishment. Speaking on air anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we never talk face to face. (laughs) No, doesn't ever go well when we do. Yeah, well, we know how that ends. Yes. Um, So again, I mean, the last episode we did was a slightly non-traditional episode for the EdTech Takeout. And we're going to follow that up with another non-traditional EdTech Takeout episode. Yeah, I mean, well, it's December, so... Yeah, I mean, we're just going to throw this out there as an, as an extra, as a filler, um, before we get back to our usual routines in 2017. Right. And I think we thought it'd be fun just to do Mindy's favorite part of the podcast. Yes. Just the tech nuggets. Just the tech nuggets. An extra serving of spicy tech nuggets. And, you know, I have, I have a little bit of follow-up for the listeners on that. Mindy already knows this, but... Um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked briefly, and I don't know why we talked about this, but we talked that I had never tried the spicy chicken at Wendy's before. Did we talk about that on air? We did talk about that oh, on air. Oh, we did? Air. Yeah. And it was like the day after, Mindy turned up at lunchtime and handed me some spicy chicken nuggets from Wendy's. I did. You know what? And then I walked away. How were they? <laughs> did you like them or not? Those were good. Yeah. Were that was my, my first experience of those uh, spicy tech nuggets. Uh, good. So. Yeah, I like them. I'm, Thank you. I'm such a giver, you know. You are. I mean, yeah. you yeah. come across on the podcast as really mean and, as, oh. you know, condescending and oh. all the rest, but, you know, you're not oh. that bad, really. Oh, huh. It was getting close to Christmas. It must have been the time of giving. And I guess so. Like Jeez. Yeah. God. I take it back. I want my nuggets back. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> That's true, gross. All right, let's do this. So um, our some of our, at least some of mine, I don't know about you, but some of my tech nuggets are old ones from the year 2016 that I thought were worth a re-mention and then a couple new ones as well. What did you choose? I did the same thing. I mean, okay. I think even though we talked about some things earlier, it's worth repeating some of these. I know we have some diehard listeners that have listened to all 19 <laughs> episodes, but we might have some people that are new to the podcast and sure. there's definitely some new updates to some of these things. So definitely worth repeating some of these. Yeah, it's good. So do you want to start? No. Um, so I'm going to start with one of my, um, I'll go with an old tech nugget first, and that is the Recap app. And um, Recap, actually, we used here at iPadU, and when I say we, I mean my fearless leader, Stacey Beamer, um, used it with some of the educators that took iPadU for credit. And it does uh, kind of like video reflections. And so the... Um, I don't know, the teacher, I guess, in the group can put out questions that you want the students to answer. 
And uh, all through video, the students are able to kind of explain their thinking. Um, I suppose they could even, you know, like draw a picture or do some sort of work like on a whiteboard or something like that to show uh, how they've solved a problem or something like that. So um, I think what's cool about it is that it allows you to just kind of scroll through them like one after another after another. Um, And I believe... It's been a little bit since I've looked at it, but I think even the teacher can leave videos for students. So if you didn't want to just write the question for the students to uh, answer, you could make a video of yourself asking the questions or talking about certain things, um, especially for those students who might have a hard time reading or there might be a language barrier, you know, and they're more likely to understand what you're saying instead of reading it or something like that. That's a good one. Yes, it is. And um, I was actually talking to one of the teachers from our Digital Learning Institute class that we run here at Grantwood AEA. Yeah. And she did something similar with her students on that video feedback kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. she wasn't using Recap. She was using Padlet. She was, huh? Yeah, she was. Because there's an option in Padlet for you to, I think it's on the iPad app that they can uh, record themselves. And right. record a video and just ha- upload that straight there. So as the resident Padlet ambassador, I wanted to uh, just oh. throw that in there as a extra option That's for great. video feedback with students. Yeah. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah. good. And yeah. if, if you already use Padlet and it's not something yeah, else to right. learn again, so right. just be aware it's there. Yeah, because students can le- leave videos for one another then too, yes, right? Yes, they can. Yeah. And they can all see and watch each other's. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. All right, so that's a good one, Mindy. Um, I am going to just have a brief mention and recap, kind of a shout-out for the Adobe Spark apps, uh, which I am very keen on. These are three great uh, creation apps from Adobe. They are available on iOS, but they are also available on the web, and they are 100% free. So, yeah, there's Adobe Post, which is kind of like Canva in terms of graphic design and creating images and graphics and things that you would like to use either on social media or as part of presentations and things like that. So that's a really great um, app worth a look. There is Adobe Spark Video, which used to be called Adobe Voice, and I always get that mixed up now. But Adobe Spark Video lets you create these really snappy interactive kind of commercials where there's a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of different icons and images and free stuff that you can use and it's like a slideshow where you add add an image and you talk over it and uh, so you can use your own images or you can use images that they have so it's a great way to communicate and tell a story on different things and I like that they have all these sort of uh, video prompts built in. And it'll ask you, are you doing a how-to? Are you doing a explanatory piece? Are you doing, what are you doing? And it will give you little prompts and hints for that too. Yeah, that's a, Adobe's got some great stuff. Yeah, and the last one that they have is uh, Adobe Spark Page. And that is very much a digital storytelling type of thing where you would uh, lay out text and images and a kind of a desktop publishing type of deal. So um, they're all on the one website for Adobe Spark or separate apps on iOS. Right. And 13 and older, right, to have an actual user account. Correct, yeah. Right, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, and one of the nice things that if you are 13 or over and you can have those user accounts is that everything you do syncs between all your devices. So if you want, you can start it on the web, finish mm-hmm. it on your iPad or oh, good, the other yeah. way around. Yeah, yeah. It's so user-friendly, I think. That's what I love about the Adobe Spark stuff. It's just so 
intuitive and just easy to drag stuff here or put stuff here. I just, I, that's what I think is always, um, my biggest pull to it is that it's, you know, it's just so user-friendly. Yeah. And it makes, it makes you look, uh, I mean, it makes me look better than what I am. It makes it look that I've spent right. hours creating and designing right. this stuff, but I know. no, yeah. I was just going to do some drag and drop stuff and clicks here yeah. or taps there. Yeah, I agree. Not much work and it comes out looking very professional. Yeah. All right, so my next one is new. It's one I haven't mentioned before, but I am uh, simply in love with it, and it's called CoSpaces. And uh, what CoSpaces is uh, allows students to create their own virtual world. So if you know anything about Minecraft and, like, building that virtual world, CoSpaces kind of spins off a little bit off of that. I think it's a little bit simpler than Minecraft is. It allows kids to drag in different aspects of, like, a uh, world that they're creating. So they might pull in a house or a cow or um, a grandma or a grandpa and allows them to kind of set up this virtual world. Um, and also what's neat and that I like about it is that students can collaborate in a world so they can both be in the same world together and build together and uh, communicate about what they're creating. Uh, one thing that we did uh, when I used it in a classroom with one of my teammates was that uh, we just had one account for her and we got the whole entire class in under her account, which I wasn't really sure if that was going to work or not. So all of the students were logged in under her account and then they could all hop into each other's worlds, which actually provided some opportunities for some digital citizenship conversations. Um, but the other thing that's really neat is that CoSpaces also has uh, an app and you can put that on your phone or some sort of small mobile device and put that in a view, VR viewer. And it allows you to have the virtual reality experience of the world that the kids have created. So um, lots of different things about CoSpaces that I don't even know yet, I don't think. Um, my seven-year-old son often plays with it and says, hey, mom, did you know you could do this? And I'm like, no, of course I didn't. So uh, he's often finding different things that you can do with it that I didn't even know were a possibility. Um, and so once again, much like I love Minecraft, I love CoSpaces for the same reason. It's just kind of an open-ended spot platform for kids to just create. So I have a question about CoSpaces because yeah. uh, I know you, you showed it to me recently and yeah. uh, I was very impressed. I've never seen it in the uh, the actual viewer. So yeah. Um, when you when you put the viewer on, does it just does it take you from the viewpoint of the center of that world, and then yes. you just spin around and see everything else, or can you like walk through it? No, or? you can't walk through it. Um, when you're creating, and this is what I think. I'm not going to say it's 100 percent certain, but this is what I think. When you're actually in CoSpaces and you're creating in CoSpaces, there is like this big circle within kind of the middle of the world and then what you do is you build inside that world and then when you go into the viewer it drops you right in the middle of that so you do a panoramic well not i mean not a completely panoramic because you can like see up and down yeah yeah 360 so you but you just spin around in a circle you're not able to walk and stuff like that so okay that's cool though yeah I like it. it is I mean, neat and so like in minecraft you're building stuff block by block but here you like yeah pulled in a house or a person and you know it's already yeah yeah created, i guess yeah and it's free it's free for now anyway i don't know how long it's been around if it's something you know that they're just giving it a shot you know how they often draw us in that way they do everything for free and then eventually there'll be a you know something you'll have to purchase but for right now it's completely free so give it a try 
All right, so moving on, uh, my next pick. I mean, this is kind of a personal pick. I'm just going to indulge myself here a little bit on the podcast um, because I am all about to-do lists right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They really help me keep organized. And um, I tweeted this out recently for uh, the hashtag 12 days of Twitter, which is going around, and that is a really good one. But um, the app is Wonderlist, and uh, it's my favorite to-do list app. It's available for any device I would happen to use. So I can get it on the web, I can get it on iOS, I can get it on Android, I can get it basically on iPads, I can get it anywhere I want, and everything syncs in between. So when I'm walking around or I have a random brainstorm moment, which doesn't happen very often, you won't be surprised to hear, Mindy, but (laughs) when these things happen, I I put these in my wonder list because my short-term memory is terrible. And then I'll go back to my wonder list later, or at least at least once a week, I'll review all that stuff and see what's going on. And I'll think, sometimes I'll think, I don't even remember putting that on my list, but I'm glad mm-hmm. it's on my list. So Yeah, right. Yeah, we've talked about my shady memory before. Oh, oof. Yeah, oofta. So I have a question because I don't use wonder list. So yeah. can you um, send yourself like text notifications? Send yourself text notifications. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah, so like send it to you in a text instead of having to like log into something or an app. I mean, does it come up as like a banner notification or not? Yes, it does on your phone. Huh. Um, yeah. It'll also email you reminders if you want. And uh, speaking of email, you can email things to Wonderlist. So if you had an email or something, you're like, oh, it's really important. I need to follow up on that sometime or it's got information I need. I can email it to me at wonderlist.com. And because hmm. it comes from the email account associated with Wonderlist, it drops it into my to-do list too. Nice. So it's decent for sure. I, it works really well. I don't have any problems with it. I kind of combine it with a productivity system called Getting Things Done, uh, which is a book by David Allen. Um, mm-hmm. And it works pretty well with that. So I don't know what I do without Wonderlist. I'll have to check. Well, I don't know. Do you use I any kind of to-do list? I am. Um, I use just my calendar as a to-do list. I thought you were going to say tabs for a minute. My tabs? No, I'm yeah. not. No, I don't do that. Um, I feel like other people on our team do that sometimes, but I am more like I keep my email in my inbox until I'm done with it, and then I organize it and sort it, filter it, whatever. And then, um, but yeah, I put everything on my calendar and try and find a spot when I need to work on something. And then when yeah. I'm, I still like the old, like, so I go in and edit it and I put done next to it. I think Jason likes to email himself things. I do he? that sometimes too. Yeah. And you always make fun of us. What's the difference if you're emailing Wonderlist? You're, well, nothing, nothing. There's okay. no difference. I don't email Wonderlist very often, I have to say. Oh, okay. That's because you think it's done. <laughs> <laughs> What's your That's next okay. app, Mindy? Oh, yes. Next thing up on my list. Um, how about another old one? Participate Learning. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. So uh, I think it was probably, I was kind of looking through all of our old episodes and um, I'm not sure when we brought up Participate Learning. Maybe it was during the Twitter episode. So it's probably one of our, closer to one of our first episodes. And um, I just think that if you're looking to get started in Twitter chats and stuff, that Participate Learning is an awesome place to go and look because it helps you organize what can be somewhat overwhelming Twitter chats uh, because you can follow along with them. Uh, You can go in and look at old um, transcripts from different Twitter chats if you missed them, which I think is neat. I haven't looked at this a ton, but there's also courses within Participate Learning and there's badges that you can earn. And you know I love badges. So uh, I just think it's kind of a neat resource to go in 
and take a look around and just dig into it a little bit. I know they have some digital citizenship stuff uh, for teachers, uh, but I really think the Twitter chat thing is the big draw for, of Participate Learning for me. Yeah, I think it's nice to go, um, like you said, they have a, a calendar of all those Twitter chats. And yeah. You can turn up at any time and any day and just log in to participatelearning.com forward slash chats or whatever it is. Yeah. And they will show you the chats that are taking place right now mm-hmm. and the ones that are coming up. And you can just jump in and, and take part. And you can do the chat right there inside of Participate Learning. Yeah. And uh, it does nice things like automatically adds the hashtag for you. So that right. once you're connected with your Twitter account, you just put in your tweet, hit enter, and automatically tags it with the hashtag for you. So definitely yeah. a good one. It is. It's nice. I think it just makes if it makes participating in a Twitter chat much easier than it would be if you were trying to keep up like on your mobile device of some sort. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to piggyback off that that one then because okay. I have a couple here that I think fit in well with that. One of them I think I talked about. I'm not sure if I did or not, but it's called Nuzzle, N-U-Z-Z-E-L or N-U-Z-Z-E-L. Depending on which side of the Atlantic you want to be on. Um, (laughs) Nuzzle is is a really interesting app for me. And it's something I I look at probably just about every day because it really cuts down on the chaos and clutter that sometimes gets uh, a part of Twitter. And you just sign in with your Twitter account and you can sign in with your Facebook account too. And what it does is it looks through your entire timeline and it aggregates all those links and sorts them into like kind of a, a top 10 list. And it will put the, the links that are getting shared the most at the top of the list and the ones that get shared, you know, not by as many people towards the bottom of the list. But it's a really efficient way just to go in and see what your followers and the people you follow are tweeting about and talking about online. And if you are interested in seeing what those are, you can just quickly filter through all those tweets and uh, find the, the latest news and information on things. So I, I swear I find out a lot, a lot of new tools or a lot of new yeah. ideas and a lot of new updates for apps and things like that. I should go in and give that a try. I just feel like whenever I go into Twitter, that I feel like I'm missing so much on Twitter right now. And I don't know if it's because I've tried to kind of shut myself down on social media a little bit lately. Yeah. But that might be a good place for me to kind of start. So at least I feel like, okay, I've got the top 10 things going on here. It's there as the a rest. website and you can also get it on your phone or iPad as well. Hmm. So. Yeah, I might try that. Yeah, you should. Okay. All right. So uh, another new one. How about, uh, oh. This one we both kind of took a look at last week, which is Story Spheres. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, so last week Jonathan and I um, did our virtual reality presentation. But uh, what's so cool about virtual reality right now is that, like, we first started doing this um, session like last March or April, something like that, and we um, were asked to do it again, and we just like totally overhauled it because there's so much new stuff out there. It's totally. It just blows my mind. And I think, you know, last year we're like, this is this is going to be the next big thing. And it really has taken off. Um, so this new tool called uh, Story Spheres is uh, what I think is pretty neat because I think it takes digital storytelling uh, to the next level. So it allows you to import um, 360 images. And then it also allows you to add audio to those images so it takes, I think, Round Me just one step further. Um, if you remember in one of our episodes, we talked about Round Me, where it allows you to put in hotspots on your 360 images. 
And this kind of takes it to a whole nother level because you can add in audio. So uh, one of the things we noticed too is that if you have audio within that image, if you kind of, I don't know, you kind of like hotspotted onto the image, I guess. And so as you're starting to look away, like the sound will get quieter. So it really is about uh, really experiencing the environment. Um, and I don't know how to do this. And I really should really, I'm going to sit down and learn how to do this. But I saw something about being able to stitch different story spheres together. So if you have really? more than one 360 image, you're supposed to be able to stitch it together. And I don't know how that works or if there's like if you put a hot spot within one image and then it takes you to the next i don't yeah. know yet um so stay tuned because we're doing google expeditions workshop next month so i'm gonna have to figure it out but yeah i just i thought it was really neat i thought it was just kind of taking it to the next level and something maybe we hadn't seen yet all right correct me if i'm wrong but i believe story spheres is a google product is that right um actually i think what it says is something like made with friends from Google or something like that. So I'm not sure that it's necessarily a Google product, but it's obviously somehow, I don't know, in connection with Google is my guess. Was Is that what? And that doesn't really surprise me because, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of Google's resources getting put towards VR stuff yeah. right at the moment. You know, they, I mean, they used to do all the Google Glass stuff, which was AR, yeah. and then they're doing expeditions, and then they're doing like this Google Earth VR on the HTC Vives and right. and all that kind of stuff. So this is obviously an area of interest for them, so it makes sense they're exploring. Yeah, they're all in. Google's going all in on this VR stuff, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All right, what's up for you? What's up for me? Uh, what's up for me is OneNote, which is my preferred note-taking app of choice. I'm going to go back to indulging myself here again, but I think it's a great app for schools, particularly if you happen to be a Microsoft education school because they have all sorts of awesome extras um, for schools on there. But OneNote works across all devices and is free, so that's usually my criteria for, for using something. Um, but when you use it in the classroom, um, there's these things that they have from the Microsoft Education uh, part called the Classroom Notebooks, OneNote Notebooks. And uh, once they're together, it lets like a whole class work together. It lets teachers assign things to individual students. It's a way that students can work on assignments and turn things in, and the teacher can go in and grade it um, with digital ink and stuff like that. So... I think it's just really flexible. It's like a digital three-ring binder where you would have your um, all your all your information together and it's sorted by these like colored tabs in between and then you have all your pages inside of each of that. I'm probably not describing it very well, but I'm using it right now for um, the master's degree I'm working on and it helps me stay straight with all the different courses and classes I'm working on, all my assignments and everything else. So if you're looking for ways to organize yourself digitally, um, OneNote's great for that. Um, I We use Google Apps here at work, and, and that's great. My problem with that is that I find it hard to find things or I forget what I call things and sure. have all that searching and, and things like that, which is, you know, I can usually pin it it's down. That short, it's that short-term memory thing again. Yeah, and it's, it's a personal failing. I know I need to just have a better system of naming my documents and things. But if I'm if I'm taking notes on something or I'm researching something or... I find stuff that I want to, to look at later. I will often put it into OneNote as my kind of curation digital binder. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I haven't really played with OneNote at all. I, you know, Google works pretty well for me. I don't have as many um, 
issues remembering when I've named things, but I know yeah. you really love it. Yeah. I mean, it has some really nice like mobile apps as well. Like on the yeah. iPad, there's all these digital inking you can do. You can draw with your finger, you can highlight and, and yeah. all that stuff too. So you can insert videos, you can record audio, you can do, it's a real that's multimedia nice. tool. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I mean, and Google's missing some of those things. Yeah, I mean, you can't put yeah. a video into a Google Doc, for example. Right. But uh, you can't. Super annoying. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. All right. So um, my next one. Okay, so this is my favorite Osmo thing ever, which is the Osmo Pizza, Pizza Company. Oh, that is a good one. I know. It really is my favorite. And um, I was just talking to Amber about it today and telling her about it. And what I love about the Osmo Pizza Company is that when I was teaching – second graders and well just second graders now I think are doing the money thing I don't know that it's in the Iowa core for first graders as much but um, I found it hard to make it counting change and things like that really exciting or engaging uh, but Osmo Pizza Company has really figured it out and um, what's neat about it is that it allows you to kind of take a break and make the pizzas that the customers are, they're walking up to your counter. They're telling you what kind of pizza they want. You make the pizza, you push it through the um, pizza oven, and then they have to pay you. So it it's not like a one after another after another. It gives you a little bit of a um, mind break before you have to do more counting of change. But um, I just think it's really neat. It's kind of for all levels of kids, and you can um, do some – harder things and you can do like with my little Annie we uh, she's five and she did more of the making of the pizzas and things like that you know so um, I just think it's really neat I think it's something that school should definitely take a look at uh, and you can you know do two kids at a time probably it's not probably much more than that I suppose you could project it up and have the kids try and make some of that uh, change just with money that they'd have in front of them and it would give them a reason uh, make it a little bit more lifelike. The other thing that's neat too is it kind of shows you how much your expenses are for your business, um, how much money you made, and then shows your total amount uh, that you've earned and things like that, which are maybe things that students don't necessarily know about or maybe you don't talk about in the classroom and it kind of starts some different kinds of conversations. Yeah, I mean, um, my kids could end up doing things, uh, I don't know if your kids do this or not, it's called Junior Achievement. And it's yes. like a yeah a voluntary um, run program where they they try and teach kids different skills like you know entrepreneurship and things like that and so I think it fits in really well with that it shows the relevance of math yeah so if you haven't uh, taken a look at that I I mean I know sometimes I don't even know how much it is was it like thirty is it thirty five I wish I knew off the top of my head because I don't but um, this is a blind buy like just trust me it's a good one you're gonna love it. Um, yeah, get it for yeah. your kids in your class. There's definitely, I think there's some, I think there's some Osmo apps that are kind of borderline whether yeah. you would really use them in the classroom or not. But Agreed. Yes. If, if you've been put off by some of those in the past, then yeah, this is this is a good one. Yes. The numbers one is good. This one's yep. definitely good. Yep. So you know, there's some some sound practice here. This is the best one they've got. Um. All right. Well, I will, I've only got one more on my list here, Mindy. Okay. I'm running out. Um, okay. This podcast is running away with us but uh the last one i'm going to talk about is one that i feel like we haven't mentioned enough recently and it's the opinion podcast <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> i still love that app mindy i know I, oh i, I know you do 
I feel like it's just one of those things that we just need to get more people using the Opinion Podcast app. Right. So it, it's available for iOS um, and for iPad. I don't even think it's been updated very much recently, but mm-hmm. I think that's in some ways the hallmark of how good this app actually is because it doesn't need to be all that complicated. It doesn't need a hundred whizzy new features every time. It's just simple. It's effective. It lets your kids record podcasts and you can share them because it automatically creates a website for you, for your podcasts. Uh, You can take your podcast feed and you can submit it to iTunes or Google Play and you can have your podcast live yeah on on the on the on the web for people to download and subscribe to and i think it's just a great way i mean a couple of weeks a couple of episodes ago we talked about the parent communication apps i feel like we should have put opinion podcast on there mindy because yeah that's actually not a bad idea i mean it fits in there you could do a classroom podcast you could have the kids talking about certain things and uh you know but a great great way to communicate what you're doing yeah well um Bouncing off your parent communication app, I, of course, will have to just say the word Seesaw, right? If you haven't looked at Seesaw, you should be looking at Seesaw. Seesaw just came out with the 4.5 version, um, which is actually, I think, only available on iOS right now. Um, They've added some different things to their drawing tools. They've also added a translate tool. So if the teacher writes a post in English, the parents can go in and translate it to one of 55 different languages, and it automatically translates that into their native language. Talk about parent communication. Um, so for sure, of course, Seesaw. I mean, I can't get through an episode without talking about Seesaw, but um, through the Seesaw, I don't know, some group I'm part of, I came across the app Quick. Do you know about this app? I do know about this app, yes. Yes. So I am obsessed right now with using Quick, um, mostly for family videos, um, but it would be awesome in classrooms too. And it allows you just to create these really, once again, kind of professional videos um, using images. It works, I think, so cool with the... um, with the iOS um, live video or live photos. Oh, I've never tried it with those. Oh, yeah. So, like, I always thought live photos was kind of dumb. I thought, well, if I wanted a video, I would have taken a video, right? So what's cool about using the live photos in Quick, though, is that it takes that whole little live photo and it, like, places, you know, the person, like, into the picture and then it freezes them. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just really... I really like it a lot. I uh, And then it allows you to choose from different music. It's got different um, themes and stuff. Uh, you can add your own music that you own. You just can't publish it then. Mm-hmm. It won't allow you mm-hmm. to publish it. Um, but you can still put in music that you, you know, have on iTunes or whatever, but you just can't publish it to somewhere else. Um, but I just... I love this app. It is so easy. I think my kids could do it. I think any students could do it. And it just comes out just, oh, I just, it's just neat. It, anytime you said it pictures to music, I think is um, somehow gives them a little bit more sentimental value. So even if you're over Christmas break, like, oh, I have all these Christmas photos. Cause that's what I'm doing right now is I'm saving up yeah. all my Christmas photos um, through the month of December. And, you know, come New Year's Eve night, I might sit down and just, you know, put together a, Christmas video of my whole family. So, and it's just easy to share. You can share it through links, text messages, Facebook. Um, yeah. So give that one a try too. 
Yeah, people think that's like a really time-consuming thing to do, but you know, if you have the right app, like like this quick, it's Q U I K. Right. Then yeah, it's just simple as tapping on some photos, hitting next, choosing the theme, choosing your music, and that's it. It does all the magic stuff for you, and it right. takes us all the way back full circle to like those Adobe apps. It makes yeah. you look a lot more um, polished and professional than than really it should be, but. Um, yeah, one of my friends is like, "Hey, can I just pay you to do this for me?" And I'm like, "You don't, you don't yes, need to you pay can, me." Is like, the yeah, sure. You know, it's going to cost you about three dollars. Uh, you can just sit on the couch like I did and pull some photos in and just set it to music, and it's all done. So, it's a free app. It's uh, yeah. from GoPro, and uh, yeah, love it for yeah. sure. All right, so I think that rounds up all the spicy nuggets for today. Um, anything else you want to share, Mindy? No, just have a great new year, and we'll see you in 2017. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take a little short break over the Christmas vacation period and spend some time with our families and, and all the rest, but uh, we will be back in 2017. We're already planning new episodes and talking to some guests that we would like to have on the, the podcast, but uh, thank you all for listening to the EdTech Takeout. It's been uh, a great journey for us, and uh, we're looking forward to sharing more in the future. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast. I don't know where I was going there. I was getting quite emotional, I think. <laughs> a little tear in my eye. You're not crying, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. All right, I'm going to hit stop. <laughs>